welcome, friends, to another exciting episode of A VGM Journey. And I'm your host, The Messenger. The track that we're playing in today's show is Argentem from the game Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, Kenji Haramatsu, Manami Kyoto, and Ace. I really don't have much top-of-the-show business, but... I have a very special guest with me today, and that special guest is Ryan Steele. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Well, howdy, partner. Uh, how's it going? I am doing well, Alex, the messenger, messenger, messenger of pain, <laughs> a host of a VGM journey, or so I've been told, by Kevin Conroy. Yeah, sadly, I, I couldn't get Kevin on the show. That would have been... It's a darn shame. Oh, yeah, that would be uh, really awesome. I do want to say that every track that is going to be played on this show was picked by you, Ryan. And what a what a banger of a set of tracks we have today. I am just bringing straight hot, steamy poop pipe fire as I like to bring my chaos and anarchy to this sweet world of VGM. If let's just say you may be the VGM Fight Club champion, but if I was bringing this hot fire. Oh, it would dethrone anyone and everyone and their picks, providing they could choose, you know, tracks of my choosing and there wasn't any sort of regulation or laws involved. You know, you might be bringing the fire today, but, you know, if anyone listens to this episode before you hop on there, I mean, they're going to know your your go-to tracks. They might steal them away from you. That would be a shame because I, this is all I got. I'm. It'd probably be especially bad if you were going up up against me. So I'll be like, okay, I uh, I'm just gonna pick all these tracks, uh, take them away from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dirty move. Uh, so the Xenoblade uh, Chronicles two track. Uh, what can you tell me about it? Well, I can tell you it goes places, as some would say. Uh, there's lots of sweet orchestral goodness the string sections are such they're they're so beautifully put together they play such wonderful melodic ideas it goes in many directions with the flute sections and the piano sections it's it goes through so many different melodic ideas and i just love how they flow into one section into another section this whole track gives me a studio ghibli sort of feel like it should be on a featured film that it's some magical world with beautiful creatures and things like that. And Xenoblade Chronicles is that. It is a great track that just, to me, shows off this beautiful world of Xenoblade. And I just really like it. I was really digging this track as well. Especially that that flute section. I want to say about a minute or two into the song. I I thought that was super nice. I really liked it. This track was a uh, an inspiration for me when I was composing the Catlandia soundtrack. The title theme for the game was inspired by this track. You know, I actually forgot to mention Catlandia at the beginning of the show, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Well, if there's anything I know how to do, it's toot my own horn. I, I could definitely agree with that. I mean, you're pretty good at the tooting of the horns. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to admit that I'm cocky, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, it's really just a cover-up for my overwhelming insecurities. Yeah, I know that feeling. I mean, I, that's pretty much me with this show. <laughs> hey oh no it's a pretty fantastic show is there anything else that you want to say about the track 
Well, if I was to really think hard and have a really deep analysis of the track and had that prepared, uh, then yes. Unfortunately, I did not prepare a really deep, thorough analysis of this track other than to say it is hot fire and uh, it goes places. Well, I am definitely feeling the heat a little bit, and I would say let's turn it up some more and, and move on to the next track. Uh, what else have you brought to the show? Well, I have brought... This is the only track that it will be different from everything else that we're going to play. Uh, it is probably the only traditional, in the sense, video game-esque style music. It is Festival Castle Part 3 from Le The Legend of the Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. It's from the Nintendo 64. I don't know when it was made. I'm doing a terrible job introducing it doesn't matter festival castle part three from the legend of the mystical ninja oh my i gotta try that again festival castle part three from the legend of the mystical ninja starring goemon composed by shigeru araki yusuke kato saiko miki and yasumasa kitagawa <laughs>
that funky track that you just listened to that was Festival Castle Part 3 from the game Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. It was composed by Shigeru Araki, Yusuke Kato, Seiko Miki, and Yasumasa Katagawa. Ryan. Yes. <laughs> I gotta say, I I think I like that track more than the first one. Well, you know, the first one I picked for me and the second one I picked for you. I'm sure that some people know this, but I have a weakness for funky bass. And this track definitely brings that. Yeah, the, the first part, part one and two, uh, are essentially the same song, but are slimmer versions. They have less instruments, they have less fun to them. So when you're playing in the game, as you progress through the castle or dungeon per se, you have part one and part two and part three, and then the further you get into the level, more instruments come in, therefore more parts play. But by part three, it turns into just a total banger. I was noticing that when I was doing a bit of research on all these tracks, and actually with you helping me out, in between the recordings yeah a little behind the scenes stuff for the listener and uh yeah i actually really dig how each part kind of builds and builds and builds towards something bigger and and this this is this is quite fantastic yeah it's and it's not the only uh song to do that in the in the game a lot of the dungeons have three parts or two parts um so it's uh it's kind of a one of the first uh i don't even want to say first it's an example of dynamic music in video games before dynamic music was really a thing yeah it does seem like it was probably around this era that more and more games would have dynamic music just based off of either your your progress or any kind of action that you would do i know i know some people are not too into dynamic music but i think i think dynamic music is pretty awesome i agree and it takes a lot of thought and a lot of planning to build the dynamic track and in this case when you're just stripping away instruments it is the most simple way of doing it but it still works it's still a lot of fun and i'm assuming that the dynamicness of the track it i'm i'm assuming it's just based off of progress you know you know at the beginning it's just kind of i guess at its bare minimum and then as you're getting further you know it just builds and builds it's more of like as deep as far as you go into the level so like the first areas would be part one as you go further into it these other areas would be part two and as you go in further right. That would be part three. Now, I do not recall, because it's been a long while, if the instruments just fade in or they switch to another track. My assumption is that these instruments would just fade in because that's the easiest way to do it. It's just that when you actually listen to the file downloaded, they splice it up individually because that's the easiest way to actually listen to it as a listener. I guess I was going to ask if you had any experience with playing the uh, the game. or Of course. I played... If you had any nostalgic thoughts. Well, nostalgia. Um, I love this game as a kid. I was probably eight or nine when my sister and I would play through this game. We did not have a memory card for our Nintendo 64. So, And we never owned this game until 
I was in college and I bought it myself. So we would rent this from the local video store, which was not a, a blockbuster, but just a mom and pop shop. And we would take it and we would play it for 11 hours at a time and then shut it off at the end of the day and start all over again. And I don't know why we shut it off at the end of the day, but we did. Instead of just leaving it on overnight and finishing it and doing it like a normal human being without a memory card, we would play it 11 to 14 hour stints straight. So I've played through this game many, many times as a small child. I actually understand, you know, how you feel about that with uh, with running games and not having a memory card because I I was in the same position where, you know, I, I get a game, you know, I have no way of saving and, you know, if I make any serious progress in a if I shut off the, the 64, I'm going to lose everything. And it's really bad if, uh, you know, you do leave it on and somehow in the middle of the night there was like a power outage. Yeah. Then you just lose everything in the morning. Yeah, my dad did that to us a couple of times where he's like, oh, you guys left it on. So I turned it off. And you're like, no, it was on for a reason. Oh, man, those were the days. Yeah, and now I have an overabundance of video games and no time to play them. Yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat as that. I mean, I have a really crazy backlog of games, uh, especially the uh, retro stuff. Humble, Humble Bundle is both a blessing and a curse. I have so many games, and I do not play anything from Humble Bundle. I might play... I know that, uh... I know Ed from VG Embassy. I mean, he has so many games on Steam that... I know he's just picking them up on sales and stuff and just not playing them. I know he has a huge, huge backlog of games. When will we learn? I think it, it comes from... Uh, childhood of not having money to play all these games and then now as an adult having money and you know in your in your soul you're like I need as many as possible to make up for not being able to as a kid yeah you kind of go from like maybe having six seven eight games to six seven eight hundred games well it's like it was 80 bucks as like an eight-year-old to buy donkey kong 64 now you can emulate every single game you can buy 20 games for 10 bucks it's ridiculous i mean hell i could get like 20 garbage games for like 15 bucks you can pick up a game like catlandia off the steam store or ios or android for like five dollars and maybe even bundle in an ost i mean those are things you can do these days I guess uh, kind of getting back to uh, Mystical Ninja, it does look like a pretty fun game. I've I've never played it. That's uh, probably like the one 64 game that I've missed out on. It's a lot of fun. It's like as a kid, I love the 3D platformer. So with me, it's right up there with Banjo-Kazooie and Mario and 64. It is a it's a great platformer like the all the other ones. The camera angles are a little odd, but it's definitely still serviceable today to play it and enjoy it. And the music all in general, it's fantastic. The story is really funny. And overall, I think it's still just a great game. Yeah, I kind of dipped my toes into the soundtrack a little bit. I, I played something from it a little while ago. It was a, a vocal track, and I, I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah, the uh, I'm assuming it's the Go Impact song. Yes, 
Yeah, I have the uh, Mystical Ninja anime, and that's uh, pretty sure that's either, it plays in every single episode. It's either the title song for it, or it's when he actually turns into impact as he does in every single episode or rather summons impact well is there anything else that you want to say about this track or mystical ninja uh the only other thing i could think of is it's another property that konami should just give to someone else so they can make another yeah i know that we're gonna be talking about them again a little later in the show i guess uh we'll move on to your next track uh what you got well, that would be Fatal Struggle from the game Code Vein by Goshina. Let's give that one a listen. That track that you just heard, that was Fatal Struggle from the game Code Vein, and it was composed by Go Sheena. Ryan, how come you picked this track? Yes. Uh, because parts of it I really like, and other parts of it I don't like, but really it's because I've been playing Code Vein, and I really dig the general atmosphere of this, this OST. It brings a real strong Castlevania style, which I love. Like the title track has is another is another banger. I love the use of the pipe organ. I love the chants. It's a, it's a total mix. Like if Castlevania and Attack on Titan were to make a, a musical baby, this would be Code Vein. And I will say that parts of this song struggle, uh, kind of the middle section, but the first 
the first part of it and the last part of it just they come in so hard with such great melodic ideas and overall i would say he has moments of greatness to it but other parts of it is kind of okay what about you Al? i was kind of getting that a little bit with this specific track i think the first thing that kind of came to my mind was it sounded like john williams meets castlevania a little bit i don't know why that was like the first thing that came to mind but that's what i was thinking well, it's because it's, it's a merger of film score and uh, video game. That would be why. Yeah, and I was definitely thinking specifically Castlevania. I think it was with the uh, kind of organ sound. You know, to be honest, I really don't know much about this game. Well, it is anime Dark Souls for people who aren't very good at Dark Souls. And that's why it works for me. I, I like anime and... I want to like Dark Souls, but I'm not good enough. And so I'm trying to make myself good enough. And so I've been playing through this game currently. I don't know how far I'm into it, but I'm like 12 or 15 hours into it. I'm enjoying it so far. And because it's currently on the forefront of my mind and I kind of dig the OST a bit, I thought I'd throw it in here just because I haven't heard this OST on any other podcast and figured maybe it would be cool for someone else to also enjoy parts of it. Stuff like that is one of my biggest goals with the show because I I wanna try to play stuff that isn't being played anywhere else. And I also want listeners to be able to discover games that they've either never heard of or they just never heard the music. And I, I think a pick like that is just perfect for the show. So I will say thank you for bringing that on. You're welcome. Well, shall we move on to the next track? I believe it's time. And this is a journey, a VGM journey. <laughs> nice segue. But yeah, I think it, I I think it is time. So what do you have? Well, I have a journey through time from the game Fire Emblem Warriors by Yosuke Kinoshinta, Kosuke Mizukami, and Shinichiro Nakamura. Let's give those a listen.
that rocking track that you just heard. That was Journey Through Time from the game Fire Emblem Warriors. And it was composed by Yusuke Kinoshida, Kazuki Mizukami, and Shinichiro Nakamura. Ryan, that was a really rocking track. Well, and a lot of this OST is rocking bangers because it is a Warriors game, which really Warriors games are just how can we take beloved music from a franchise and mix it with hard rock slash metal. As someone who hasn't played too many of the Warriors games, I mean, I'll be honest, the only ones I've played were both of the Hyrule Warriors games. So... I will ask you this. Is the gameplay similar? Uh, in regards to Hyrule Warriors to Fire Emblem Warriors, I would say yes. Uh, each Warriors game has different mechanics to it that separate each other. For example, the newest Hyrule Warriors that you've played. I mean, they have the stasis and things like that. Whereas Hyrule War- or Whereas Fire Emblem Warriors... The enemies, the characters have a more... There's a lot more characters in it, and there's a lot of different moveset, and there's the weapon triangle and Fire Emblem Warriors. So each fire, each each warrior game takes a different element from the actual intellectual property. So in this case, with the weapon triangle, if you have someone who is a lance user you're going to be weaker to someone who's a to who's an axe user if you're an axe user character you'll be weaker to someone with a sword but stronger against lances and it's the rock paper scissors triangle that you have between different enemy types and if you're a pegasus or a wyvern rider you're going to be weak to people with arrows and so especially in the higher tier levels you have to balance your team so you can switch between characters so that you can defeat certain enemy types and so that you don't get absolutely destroyed by certain enemy types. And so you kind of have to balance who you're sending where to defeat certain enemies and things like that. That actually has me a little more interested in this game. And I do know that a lot of the soundtracks, they do have... You know, a pretty rocking sound to it. Not so much this new Hyrule Warriors game, but Well, I haven't I haven't played through a lot of it. I'm playing with my wife, but my favorite pastime in the game is putting it in co-op mode. She plays as the Korok seed character, Hatino, I can't remember his name, and I'll play as Yurabosa, and we do our best to make the game crater. So let's see if we can make the game drop to three frames per second for 20 seconds as we overload the system with particle effects and lightning and chests. I've actually kind of noticed some uh, frame rate drops uh, here and there when I was playing it. So, I mean, I've been playing by myself and I've played mostly docked, but I played a bit of handheld and I don't really notice too much of a difference when I'm playing other games, but the new Hyrule Warriors, I think the the frame rate is, it, it can be pretty bad when you're playing handheld. It's pretty bad when I wish it was playing but on a different I am console. getting a little off topic, though. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. True. <laughs> I'm assuming that you've played it. I have. I have sunk many, many hours into it. I'm no Ed Wilson with his 250-hour playthrough. Of Hyrule Warriors, but 
I've probably played, I don't know, 60 to 80 hours in this game. I've definitely beaten the story mode, and like uh, Hyrule Warriors, it does have a... It's called a history mode, which is similar to like the adventure mode where you play through maps, and it is just a time sink as you play through countless and countless battles to try and unlock something. That does sound pretty cool. I will definitely say that. Fire Emblem is one of those series that I've... I really don't know all that much about them. I've never played any of the games. So I kind of just stayed away from this game just because, hey, I really don't know much. I played Fire Emblem since it's been released in Canada. And I've played every single one that they've released. I've played Japanese uh, translation versions. I've been playing fire Emblem heroes for since day one every single day i love the series in general and i just love tactical rpgs so i've been playing this series for a long long time yeah the uh closest thing that i have ever played like to fire emblem was the uh, the advance wars games where it's that that tactical turn-based gameplay I think same exact developer and everything. Yeah, and I believe it's intelligent systems. Yeah, just less of the RPG-ness. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say about this track or Fire Emblem Warriors? I would say that just like time itself, uh, time is measured usually by some sort of time measuring device. We usually use clocks. Why? Look at this next track. Clockwork! from Castlevania Judgment by, yes, Sushi Asida coming right at you. Who would have saw it? <laughs> All right, let's uh, give that one a listen.
pretty awesome track that you just listened to. That was Clockwork from the game Castlevania Judgment, and it was composed by Yasushi Asada. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but Ryan, this track is pretty awesome. It sure is. This whole game serves only one purpose, and that is to bring awesome music. To take old Castlevania songs and make them metal and awesome. However, I do not think that this is a cover, but an an original piece for this song. Don't quote me on that. I really wanted to play something like Vampire Killer or Bloody Tears or even the title track for this game because those are just awesome songs. But everybody's heard Vampire Killer and Bloody Tears. And I thought, you know what? This is an awesome song. It's one of my favorites. Uh, there's another song on this OST, which is the, it's something to do with like the maze. I can't remember the exact name of the track, but it's maze gardens or something. It's before or after this one, the OST, but man, it's got beautiful harpsichord, beautiful melodies. It goes wonderful places. I just love this track and it just gets better as the song goes on. Well, I will tell you this, uh, it is a a cover or a remix of a of a track from i want to say castlevania 3 i think both the original and this track i think it's really good i don't think i've i think i've played castlevania 3 once through only once in a in like a single playthrough so my my memories of that game is really bad yeah, I'm kind of weird about the Castlevania games because I I haven't played too many of them. Actually, to be honest, I've only played three of them, and it was not this game. So I've only played the first one, uh, Super Castlevania 4 and Bloodlines. I don't really know too much about Judgment. I just know that it's a Castlevania fighting game on the Wii. And that it's not that good. Yeah, I, I have it. I have probably played half a round. My brother gave it to me as a birthday present. And uh, I was like, okay, sweet. I'll fire it up. And it was not what I expected. And I never played it again. I've, uh, I've played through a lot or most of the Castlevania games. And uh, I really love the atmosphere of it. I know one of your previous guests, Mr. Dan the Man, does not like Castlevania. He has some sort of weird hate for it, and I think it's because they're too easy for him, and he's too much of a Mr. Perfectionist when it comes to how hard his game should be. I always think back to that challenge that I gave to him, and I think it was the beginning of the year where... He played through the entirety of Pokemon, I think Alpha Sapphire, with only a team of Zigzagoons and madness. I'm surprised. Man doesn't. I'm surprised he actually went through with it and actually accomplished it. I don't think Dan realizes how good he is at video games, and the rest of us video game peasants need easier games because we're just not that good. I know, I always feel bad when he's a little down on himself, and I'm like, Dan, you're way better at this than I am. I don't think you realize how good you are. I can't beat a Mega Mega Man game, let alone speedrun it. But yeah, Castlevania Judgment. 
I think this was the game that they decided that Simon Belmont is a redhead. Uh, what's up with that? They made a lot of creative choices. Well, they they made a lot of creative choices in Castlevania Judgment. None of them for the better. And they added a lot of plot to certain characters, mostly Carmilla, in which she turns into some leather-bound dominatrix instead of just a regular old vampire. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I think like from the little bit that I uh, saw the game, I was getting kind of a weird vibe from the visuals. Yeah, it's not great. I'll just say that. Are you checking it out right now? Taking a look at the hot uh, no. pile of tech? <laughs> no. No? The Tekken, the Tekken ripoff? <laughs> I, th I think this is a game that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to check out ever. There's just kind of a lot of red flags. Leather-bound red flags. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have uh, nothing else to say, then uh, I guess I'm going to call it. Uh, you know, we're just about you know at the end of the show. You know, that's going to just be about it. If you guys like what you've been listening to or, you know, you're liking the awesome conversation that Ryan and I have been having, definitely uh, check out the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever podcatching services that you could think of. You know, I'm, I'm more than likely going to be on there. You could email the show at vgmjourney at yahoo.com. And you could also check us out on Twitter at VGM Journey. Ryan, where can everyone find you? So you can find my projects at Catlandia on Twitter. Or rather, CatlandiaGame.com is a website you can go to. My Twitter that you can find me at is slash Ryan Dean Steele. I do have a SoundCloud. It hasn't been updated recently, but I'm planning to update it with all my Game Jam music that I've been working on because I've been doing a whole lot of game jams and I haven't posted any of their music. So those are coming up soon. And that is on my SoundCloud at Ryan Steel Productions. You can also check out one of my other games that is out, which is Pandora Chains of Chaos. You can find them on Steam. That game is in early access and is still being worked on. And in the near future, Catlandia, we're going to be working on a new project with it. So keep your ears ready for that at the Catlandia Twitter. I will uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. I just want to say thank you for coming on the show, Ryan. Uh, I think this has been a, a really fun show. I, I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We should do it again. <laughs> You're always welcome on the show. All right, same time next week. <laughs> hey, if you want. <laughs> We're going to play things out with one more track, and... I think I'm right in assuming that this is a game that you really, really like. I do. I really enjoy Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, man. That's um, the game. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to check and see how many hours did it take me for me to play well, this game. 74, 74 hours. hours. Well, the track that you picked no. was uh, Mead, Blood, and Gold from the game Divinity Original Sin 2, and it was composed by Borislav Slavov. Have a good week, everyone. Stay frosty, my friends. <laughs>